the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, Talk 1640, 93.1 L. Ray, 93.9 KPDQ, and 104.1 The Fish. And ladies, we're inviting you to join us for a fun-filled, refreshing evening out with the girls. We call it Thrive, a girls' night out with the ladies of 104.1 The Fish and 93.9 KPDQ. And it's a chance for you to be refreshed and empowered to take on the new year. And this year's Thrive event will be held at the elegant Gray Gables Estate in Milwaukee, including gourmet dinner, dessert, and encouraging stories of faith from our friends, including Georgine Rice, Crystal Thornton, Kat Taylor, Lori Robb, Summershore, and a whole lot more. So mark the date off on your calendar, Saturday, January 27th. And the Gray Gables Estate is located on Southeast Chestnut Street in Milwaukee, a beautiful venue, the kind of place you, you want to get married at, you know. Uh, anyway, it begins as doors open at 5.30. Dinner and program will continue through 8. And make sure that you RSVP today. And if you'd like any information on how perhaps you could get your business, ministry, services, or table there in front of all of these women, or maybe get a discount if you reserve tickets for more than six people, just let me know by email. Mike Lee at kpdq.com is my email address. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. A shout out to my pal Clark Hilton across the glass, engineering us and keeping us safe and sound and better than we have any reason to deserve. And across the table, we have... Pam Strawn Proudfit, who is a chaplain for Adventist Health's Adventist Medical Center located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. And what's really exciting is, Pam, we've got another First Friday just around the corner. So if you've never heard of First Friday, it's a non-denominational worship experience. And it's in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. Optional is a free dinner if you RSVP online. No RSVP needed if you're just going to show up. So welcome, Pam. How are you today? Well, I am doing pretty good. I am so thankful to be here. And um, I appreciate you taking the time to um, spend some time with me um, today. So thank you so much. So tell us what the big picture is from 30,000 feet uh, what do you do serving as a chaplain at Adventist Medical Center, Pam? Oh, well, thank you. Um, I do a number of different things. Um, I visit with patients. I um, see patients every single day. Um, like a few um, hours ago, I was visiting with patients in intensive care unit. I see patients who are dealing with cancers and grief and all different kinds of issues. I work with people in the community who are dealing with grief issues um, several times for the year. I have support groups there at the hospital supporting those who are dealing with trauma, grief, and loss. 
So. So would you say, Pam, that most of your chaplain duties are inside the confines of Adventist Medical Center, or would it be reaching out into the community? I think most of the work is uh, mainly um, serving patients inside of the confines of the hospital. And one of the ways in which you're serving is in First Friday. So how have you enjoyed First Friday at Adventist Medical Center so far? Oh, it is a wonderful uh, time uh, fellowshipping, praising, listening to great um, stories of people who have just experienced the power of God in their lives. And so First Friday is, is, is a great outreach to our community and also to our our staff in the hospital, and also our patients as well. Well, we've had our friend Dr. Terry on multiple times, mm-hmm. and you'll also hear him on our sister station, 104.1 The Fish, on Thursday mornings. Dr. Terry Johnson also wears another hat, and that would be serving as Executive Director of Mission Integration. Mm-hmm. So something that he would shared with us in the past, Pam, mm-hmm. is the fact that he saw all these people going in and out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. But we don't live in the world I grew up in. So many people don't have a job with bankers hours. And something Dr. Terry had noticed would be a lot of people working weekends and nights and off hours were unavailable to fellowship at the times where most people would congregate for church service. So Mm -hmm. what a neat idea it was to bring First Friday to the hospital itself. It is definitely uh, a neat experience. And actually, I don't think there's any other hospital in this country who is doing this First Friday event. And it's, it is really amazing to see people coming in and out of the hospital. And there are times when um, a, a family member of a patient would uh, be going to visit their loved ones, and they will hear the, the music, and they will come by and to check it out to see what's happening, and they would stay and experience the power of God in their lives. And uh, sometimes our patients heard about it, and um, they will come by and sit, and they will listen and be inspired. So it's, it's a powerful experience there at Adventist, Adventist Medical Center, um, supporting our com- community and our patients. And well, there's no need to specify any names, Chaplain Pam, but... Do any stories of individuals or families or groups who attend First Friday stand out in your memory as being a part of something that you're just glad to contribute to? Yes. um, One um, experience stood out in my mind where um, there was a um, a patient who was just dealing with some very difficult health issues um, there in the hospital, and um, the patient had several family members who visited. And um, and so I shared with the family members about our first Friday. And so um, so they weren't sure if they could make it. and um, But later on that evening, they showed up for the soup and the salad. Um, the family members, they stayed and enjoyed a great meal. And then they came to the um, fellowship time um, with the music and also with um, the speakers, and they were truly blessed. I'm so, glad to hear that. Well, yeah. hospital food often has a stigma attached to it, like, say, college cafeteria food. But in the case of an Adventist Medical Center, I must attest to the fact that the food there is actually quite good and eccentric and fancy while being healthy. So you don't have to give up good taste 
to eat something that's actually not unhealthy for you. So I think Adventist does a really good job about that. Are oh. there any particular dishes or foods that you recommend that you like at Adventist? Well, um, for, um, for, the, for the first Friday, since we're talking about first Friday, um, it's mainly soup and salad. And the kitchen, they do an awesome job with preparing different types of of soups. And so um, one of my favorites is the uh, soup that they prepare with curry. It is very tasty and it, it is absolutely great. Great words of wisdom from Chaplain Pam Strong Proudfit. She serves as chaplain at Adventist Medical Center and she's inviting you to come and join her and Dr. Terry from The Fish and the crew at First Friday. Adventist Medical Center is located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. And if you're just going to show up for the music and for the message, just come on down. But if you'd also like to partake in a free meal, something along the lines of soup and salad, tasty and friendly and, and at the same time good for you, then feel free to RSVP online at AdventistHealth.org. That's AdventistHealth.org. More with Chaplain Pam next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, and Adventist Health's Adventist Medical Center wants you to come out to First Friday, which is a lovely, fun, non-denominational worship experience. It's in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. And if you RSVP online ahead of time, you qualify for a free meal as well. And if you just want to show up, just come on out, and that's absolutely fine. And you'll bump into some lovely people like Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit, who is working at Adventist Medical Center, and our pal from Thursday mornings on 104.1 The Fish, Dr. Terry Johnson. Dr. Terry also serves at Adventist Medical Center as its Executive Director of Mission Integration, which sounds so impressive, Terry. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. How are you, sir? I mean, I just love, they just give me a big title, and that's what I I just, just... uh, love this big title that really just means I love people. Yeah, you got to shrink the font on your <laughs> business card, bro. Otherwise, it's going to take two lines and uh, all it go means, on the back or something. All it means is I love people. That's what it boils down to. That's a good thing, my newly wedded friend. So tell me, how's your lovely wife, Cara, doing? She is doing fantastic. I guess, Mike, my, my, my big thing is I've been married to a pastor that uh, for years, uh, you know, I'm used to being the pastor and not to chaplain and and so um, I find myself at church carrying, carrying her purse a lot. And so that's that's what it's turned out to be. You know, I'm envisioning it right now. You, you remember, of course, the legendary, what was it, Whitney Houston, right? She did yeah. The Preacher's Wife. You can redo yeah. it. The Preacher's Husband, husband starring our own Dr. <laughs> Terry. Can, can you sing like Whitney? <laughs> if, you want, if you want people to turn off their radio. No, well, I, I guess would, we wouldn't I, want that. No. So we were hanging with uh, Chaplain Pam. Can you tell us how long you've been with Adventist Medical Center? I have been there now for over uh, almost 12 years. Um, in fact, this February um, will be 12 years um, working at Adventist Medical Center. It just seemed like it, I just started working there. Congratulations. Well, if you work for a place and it seems like the time is flying... I guess that must mean it's a good experience for you. It is an absolutely great experience. And, and like Terry mentioned earlier, that he really loves people. I really love people, and I love working for God. So it's an awesome opportunity to be there serving as a chaplain. And so were, 
were you a chaplain at any other hospitals or venues before you came to Adventist Medical? Actually, this is my first um, chaplaincy experience after um, finishing my training in New York City several years ago. So. Oh, so where were you in New York? I grew up out on Long Island in the, in the suburbs. We moved out here about nine and a half years ago. Oh, okay. Um, so I lived in the Bronx, and I did my chaplaincy training in Brooklyn, New York. Actually, I started in Far Rockaway, Queens, with my chaplaincy training. Then I did my residency in Brooklyn, New York. Wow, very impressive. Yes. So what on earth dragged you from... New York City to Portland, I'm curious. Actually, to to work as a chaplain, I felt um, impressed to come to Portland, Oregon to serve at Adventist Medical Center. So uh, initially, I was a little not too happy about, you know, crossing over so, you know, to be so far away from family. But when God calls you, you got to go if you really want to serve in the ministry that he calls you to do. So so I basically... um, Felt the call to come to um, Portland, and I um, followed that call in. And Mike, what is unique about Pam is um, I know that there's people out there that uh, we all feel the calling of God in different ways. And sometimes maybe it's to do something at your local church or to do something. But Pam was in a complete different situation, and the Lord called her into ministry. And uh, um, um, it was just unique, Pam, how, how that calling came about. It is very yeah, can, can you expand upon that, please, Pam Strawn Proudfit? How did God call you into the chaplaincy in the first place? This isn't a standard job like many people do. It's not like you became an, an accountant or a dentist or something. Right. It's an unusual, rare position being it, a chaplain now. It is, and it was not something that one day I decided that I wanted to do um, in my life. In fact, my first, what I really wanted to do was to become a respiratory therapist. And I found a brochure with, um, giving me information on respiratory therapists. And after reading that brochure, I decided that this is what I wanted to do in my life. And I actually went to school and studied to be a respiratory therapist. And um, after completing my training as a respiratory therapist, I discovered that this is not the path that God wanted me to. And so I went to another university and studied nutrition and um, did that for three years. And it was in my third year, I felt the call to ministry. Um, And so I wasn't sure what God had in mind, but it was in doing my first year in seminary, I was awakened by a voice that said, Pastor Chaplin. And I thought, Chaplin, I don't want to be a chaplain. And so everything inside of me resisted being a chaplain. And so, um, and it, I think it was like a year after graduating from seminary, um, one of my um, professors asked me, so what are you doing with your life? And um, at the time I was in New York City, just going around preaching. And he said to me, I think you should become a chaplain. And again, I resisted. I did not want to be a chaplain. And it was in the middle of the night, one night, I woke up with chaplaincy blasting in my head. And that's when I surrendered. Okay, God, um, I sense you're calling me to do, and to do the ministry of chaplaincy. And I didn't want to go back to school, but um, felt that this is what God is directing me to do. And so I, I decided to do that. So initially, that's not what I really wanted to do, but it was a calling. So Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit began 
looking into respiratory therapy before realizing after she had graduated, she really wasn't into it and switched off to nutrition. And then God verily distinctly put it on your heart to enter the chaplaincy. So at this point, you're changing gears career-wise yet again. So where did you start at this point? Well, um, so I changed gears several times. And, of course, my mom was not too happy about that. Um, She thought that I'm becoming a professional student. And um, but um, so when I felt the call in, I um, went to um, I decided to apply for the chaplaincy training. Um, and that's how I ended up in Far Rockaway, Queens. And initially, I did not really want to go back to school to do this training. And I showed up on my interview for the training with an attitude open that they would not accept me because I did not want to do it. But eventually, I, I got accepted right on the spot. And that's how I started and realized at that when I started the program, I realized this is what I'm cut out to do. Well, um, up until this point, Chaplain Pam, you'd studied nutrition and sciences. So was it just a different world when you were studying yet again? You know, it it was actually, it was a different world studying science, you know, but now I look back um, and now with what I'm doing as a chaplain, it all makes sense now because um, when I work with people who are dealing with grief and loss, they need to take care of themselves. They need to know how to breathe they need to know how to use their respiratory system. They need to um, take care of themselves nutrition-wise. So now, looking back, and now, it all comes together. It makes sense now. So nothing went for naught. Exactly. Nothing was wasted along the way of you becoming a chaplain. I'll, I'll argue, in fact, it, it made you a better chaplain because you're not just all about shooting positive Bible verses at people. You do know that physically and nutritionally, we do need to take care of ourselves, even more so if we're going through stress or grief or anxiety. Absolutely. And interestingly, um, when I started out in my chaplaincy training, the hospital was very familiar to me because I did all my respiratory training in the hospital setting. And so, um, so nothing was actually wasted. So I've got a bunch of daughters and a son and, and niece, nieces who are like daughter figures to me. So what I like to do is put strong women in front of them. So a couple of Christmas presents we found under the tree were uh, the movie Hidden Figures. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I heard okay. about it. It is, amaz- it, it is a must-see. Okay, Absolutely, I possibly a, a must-see about battling oppression, but doing it peaceably. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll just let it go with that and not ruin anything. That and, well, Wonder Woman, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got to watch that the other night. But I love putting strong women out as examples. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things that strike me about you, Chaplain Pam of Adventist Medical Center, is you were obedient to God. Mm-hmm. You followed what you thought was your dream. And when you got to the end of it, being respiratory therapy, you mm-hmm. realize it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And yet still, that impressive line on your resume or college diploma did not become your identity. Absolutely. It was a stepping stone to nutrition, was a, which God used as a stepping stone to where you are right now serving as a chaplain at Adventist Medical Center. Mm-hmm. So was it, was it daunting moving cross-country? Do you have any ties or relatives out in the Pacific Northwest? 
No, actually, I um, did not know anyone here. Absolutely no one. And um, I remember my mom saying, why are you moving so far? You don't know anyone. And uh, my pastor was saying the same thing. You don't know anyone out there. And I said to my pastor, but I know someone. I know God. And um, I knew that God is, you know, he, he was with me. And that was my identity. And that was my strength and my comfort in in moving to the Pacific Northwest. And here you are today, and First Friday is just around the corner at Adventist Medical Center. So will you be the keynote encourager coming up on the first Friday of January, Pam? Yes, I, I will be the keynote speaker, and I'm excited about it because I get to share my story and to hopefully um, encourage others and to um, give people hope um, because sometimes we may choose a path in life and um, God steps in and directs us um, in a different path. But like I mentioned earlier, that nothing is wasted. He used everything that we bring and use it to help others in, in life. Pam Strawn Proudfit is a chaplain at Adventist Health's Adventist Medical Center. And she and Dr. Terry invite you to First Friday. It's coming up. First Friday of January, and Adventist Medical Center is located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. It's a free, non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical. And if you RSVP online ahead of time, you'll even qualify for a free dinner. If you're not interested in the wonderful free food that they serve, just come on out and show up. Don't have to RSVP or anything like that. And if you'd like more information, please check out the website, AdventistHealth.com. Org. That's AdventistHealth.org. I've got all of this information linked up on the Difference Makers page at TrueTalk800.com. And make sure to follow them on Facebook at Adventist Medical Center, on Twitter at AHNW, and they're also on LinkedIn. And they have their own YouTube channel, Adventist Health NW, as well. When we return, more with Chaplain Pam Strong Proudfit and Dr. Terry Johnson from Adventist Medical Center next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, friends over coffee, alongside Dr. Terry Johnson, her Thursday mornings at our sister station, 104.1 The Fish. He also serves as Executive Director of Mission Integration at Adventist Medical Center, alongside Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit. So good to have you both out here. And Dr. Terry's an old friend of all of our stations. But we're getting to know Pam a little bit more, especially because she's going to be the keynote speaker coming up at First Friday, which is a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. And if you'd like to enjoy a free meal, just RSVP online. And all of the links are up on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So, Pam, you were telling us how you had these different majors, and somehow God very distinctly led you into the chaplaincy at Adventist Medical Center. That's correct. So did you have any other people you knew who were in the hospital business or in chaplaincy or anything remotely like what you're doing today, or were you pretty much learning as you came out to the Northwest? Actually, I did not have anyone um, in the chaplaincy field that I know of. Maybe that would have helped me. Um, I think it was um, in seminary at the time, um, chaplaincy was really looked down upon. And um, So where did you go to school? I went to Andrews University in Barron Springs, Michigan. 
Um, I moved from New York, um, Syracuse at the time. Actually, in '97, I was living in uh, Syracuse, New York. And, it's cold up there. It is cold, cold up there. there. You don't want to touch Syracuse. And so that's where I did respiratory therapy. And after I graduated from respiratory therapy, then I moved out to Andrews University um, in Bering Springs, Michigan. I wonder, Chaplain Pam and Dr. Terry, if you think that's a common misgiving that perhaps some, not all, Christian colleges in particular can give out. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I had met a dad at a homeschooling event down in Albany, and he wouldn't name it, but he said he went to the top Southern Baptist school on the East Coast. And maybe it wasn't written down, but there was an underlying vibe that if you graduated from this prestigious Christian college and you didn't end up being a pastor or working full-time in ministry— then you will have failed or you missed the boat. And I so disagree with that. I do too. So are you saying that the chaplaincy position itself wasn't really lifted up when you were going to college? When I was in seminary, it was not lifted up. It was put down and uh, pastoral ministry was highlighted, was lifted up. Why do you think that is? I mean, Jesus came down to serve and not be served. Mm -hmm. So is it kind of secular in the sense that you want your students to be CEOs who are working at Fortune 500 companies Mm -hmm. to make your college setting look better? So why do we as Christians fall into that trap, do you think? You know, um, I'm not exactly sure why um, we Christians do that, but I know that um, the the vibe in seminary at the time was that chaplaincy was for um, retired pastors, and um, chaplain was for pastors who just did not know what they want to do in ministry. And so I did not want to be in a a field or a ministry that was um, looked upon that way. And um, and so when I started out in chaplaincy, um, I recall um, older people would say to me, you're a young chaplain, um, because the thought was that older people become chaplains. And so um, so but um, that kind of notion is changing uh, more and more because now I see more younger people going into chaplaincy ministry. Well, I look at you here coming out of your science, nutrition, medical background. And I look at our pal, Dr. Terry, who not only ran radio stations on the East Coast, but he also served in the White House for multiple presidencies. So uh, I'll, I'll toss this question out to both of you. What qualities, what characteristics or traits might someone just have wired into them, which would lend you to think that they might be good as a candidate for the chaplaincy? Um, I would say it's uh, it's about calling. Uh, uh, It starts there that you just really have to be called uh, to be a chaplain. And I like to say, uh, uh, Mike, that um, it's like um, uh, just because a person's in a choir, it doesn't mean that they can sing a solo. Uh, uh, um, And it's the same way, uh, just because a pastor, it doesn't mean that they can be a chaplain. If they truly embrace uh, chaplaincy, because uh, uh, there are many times that we're the last voice a person will hear before they they pass away. Uh, um, Our conversation with them may be the last time they'll have an opportunity to uh, um, hear something positive about God before they pass away. And we just considered, uh, Chaplain Pam and myself, we talk about this often, we consider it sacred, holy work of Mm -hmm. what we do. 
And it's uh, when you look on ministry, it's almost a reverse to me because um, um, uh, I pastored, um, pastored a very large church, and that was no, but I look at what I do now, uh, uh, dealing with people and grief, and, and I just see if Jesus was here, I'm almost confident that this would be kind of the ministry that he would be doing. Uh, if we look at what he did um, on, on earth, because out of the 38 miracles, 27 of them were health-related miracles. 27 of those at least recorded miracles. And I just think it's sacred and holy work that what we do. And so a person really needs to feel a calling or they will get burnt out. Uh, they will get discouraged. You deal with death uh, way too often. Uh, you deal with uh, just uh, impossible situations. And so it's about really feeling calling. And once you feel that calling, you have to do what uh, Chaplain Pam did, and that is to go get trained. And then you learn how to process death. You learn how to process stress so that you don't bring that stuff home, that you're able to just do it on the job there. You read my mind, Dr. Terry. My next question was going to be, how do you deal with so many people on a regular basis as part of your full-time job when they have pain and they have death and they have illness and various other family situations, the stress of finances, maybe relatives and loved ones aren't nearby. So how do you release that at the end of your day, Chaplain Pam? Uh, That's a very good question. And uh, I get that question quite a bit. And I, um, the key is self-care. Um, in order for you to come back to that place, um, uh, supporting patients and their families, you got to take care of yourself. And for me, it's not just taking care of myself at the end of my day. I am um, intentional about taking care of myself at work. So when I am dealing with a situation that is very difficult, um, um, at the end of that situation, I need to move myself away. It could be walking out of the hospital and um, just get some fresh air. Um, it could be locking my door and having some quiet time alone to process what just happened. Or it could be um, going for a walk. So the key is being intentional about self-care. And I think when we remind ourselves conveniently that, well, gee, if Almighty God took off one day out of seven, who are we to think mm-hmm. that we can get away with four hours of sleep <laughs> mm-hmm. a night, you know, on the McDonald's meal plan and abusing our bodies? And, and when you think of it in another way, if the Bible tells us that our bodies are actually God's temple, mm-hmm. then we really had to take better care of <laughs> these bodies than we often tend to do, except for our more athletic friends. Mm-hmm. So off the top of your head, Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit, do you know what you're going to be speaking about at First Friday in January? Yes, um, basically just sharing my my uh, story, um, just trying to encourage and to um, give people hope as they begin this new year. Uh, my background was very traumatic, and um, and just seeing how God has led me throughout the years and the growth and the um, the development and the um, powerful experience that God has done in my life to transform me to be a better person. Uh, I want others to know about um, how they too in their lives who are dealing with struggle, how they can overcome those struggles through the power of God. And so just basically sharing my story to encourage and give others hope. You know, we could intellectualize things to death and we could argue the validity of science and history and the Bible and carbon dating and all this stuff. But your story is your story. Mm-hmm. 
And it's difficult for someone to be able to say, oh, that's not true. You're making it up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we want to be in a position where we are sound enough in our doctrine and our knowledge to be able to share the hope of Christ biblically Mm -hmm. and be able to point people in the right direction, hopefully at a good, solid Bible-believing church nearby where it's accessible to them on a regular basis. But I'm glad that you're able to just go out there and encourage people. Mm-hmm. So do you know who's going to be doing the worship music for First Friday on January 5th? Yes, they're, uh, they're a group um, from Vancouver, Washington, called the Oasis Church. And uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Talking about a, a group of people that just really bring their spirituality with the music. and be um, uh, songs that people are familiar with, um, that they listen to our sister station, uh, The Fish. They'll be familiar with quite a bit of the songs that they'll use for praise and worship. And it's just going to be a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. Well, looking forward to that. Are either of you musical? You know, um, I just love to sing, and um, there are times when I just write my own songs, and um, I just have the opportunity to sing some of those songs with my patients. And that's the thing. She makes me uh, so, I feel so bad sometimes, because I will <laughs> sometimes go in a room that she had been in, and they'll look at me and say, the last chaplain, just, she sang for me. Can you sing? And I will just, oh, no. <laughs> and so I love the way she's able to bring that into her ministry there at the hospital. You can catch Dr. Terry Thursday mornings on our sister station, 104.1 The Fish, and also at Adventist Medical Center, where he serves as Executive Director of Mission Integration, alongside Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit, who will be the keynote speaker coming up on Friday, January 5th. First Friday, it's a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. Optional free dinner is available if you RSVP online. I left all the links on the Difference Makers page at our website, True Talk 800. When we return, more with Chaplain Pam and Dr. Terry of Adventist Medical on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks so much for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, and I'm quite familiar with the fact that a lot of people you meet, friends, relatives, neighbors, coworkers, might be intimidated by the prospect of going to a church building with you. But somehow it's a lot less intimidating going to a different venue, whether it's a concert or an Easter egg hunt or a rafting trip or a motorcycle ride or, believe it or not, Adventist Medical Center, which hosts an event called First Friday, which is On the first Friday of each month, it's a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical, which is located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. And coming up on January 5th, our keynote speaker is across the desk from me. Her name is Chaplain Pam Strawn Proudfit. So thank you for joining us alongside Dr. Terry today, Chaplain Pam. It's been a joy being here. Thank you for having me. I want to backtrack a little. You mentioned growing up on the East Coast and your New York City experience and changing career directions even after you'd graduated and gotten into the workforce before eventually God very clearly leading you into the chaplaincy at Adventist Medical Center. And 12 odd years later, here you are. Mm -hmm. So did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you go to church regularly or what? Actually, um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, Actually, I was raised by my grandmother in Jamaica, uh, West Indies, 
And um, they were faithful, church-going people, and they instilled God in me. Um, they taught me the value of worship, the value of prayer, and they nurtured me and uh, molded me and um, pointed me to God, and I carry that throughout my life. They seem like wonderful people of faith. They were wonderful people of faith. On both sides of our families, being, me, and, me and my wife, uh, we have multiple situations where grandparents or aunts or uncles ended up raising kids. Mm -hmm. And it might not have been the Hallmark movie type setting that each of us would have preferred to have written, mm -hmm. but good things came out of that. So were there any things about your grandparents raising you that stand out in your head that really led you to the Lord in the first place? I just think uh, my grandmother, especially her, um, she was a rock in the family. And um, she was just this nurturing, caring woman. And, um, and I often um, see my grandmother, um, she would often read in her Bible. And uh, she would often, um, in prayer, um, she would get up in the morning and I would notice that my grandmother would have her Bible in her hand and she would pray. And I think those are the things that stood out uh, to me about um, connecting with God. She showed me actually how to connect to God, and that was through prayer and reading Scripture. So she was setting the example for you. So exactly. did you live with them your entire childhood? When did they become your primary parental figures? I think I was about five or six years old. Uh, my parents, um, they were young, did not know what they were doing. And so mom, um, something clicked with my mom. Something happened to my mother. And my mother just one day left four of her children, um, including me. And, um, and so my dad actually um, was a hardworking man and um, was left with four children, did not know what to do with four children. And so he sent us off to grant to his parents. And I think I was around four, uh, five or six years old at the time. And so my dad sent us off and never came back to get us. And so they raised us. I've got enough difficulty trying to raise four kids with a solid <laughs> marriage. I can't imagine being walked out on and your poor dad trying to figure out what to do next. So at this stage, you're now moving to Jamaica to be raised by your grandparents. And your grandma in particular really seemed to set the standard, the example before you, of a godly woman mm -hmm. in prayer, in worship, in her word. So when did you come to know the Lord on your own? When did you own your own faith? You know, I, I think it was, um, I was about nine years old. I went to church um, one day with my grandmother, and I heard a pastor, um, uh, he was preaching, and I can't remember the message right now, but I knew something. Uh, he was doing an appeal, um, inviting individuals to um, accept Christ as their personal Savior to come to the front, and, um, and I heard um, God speaking to me to give my heart to God. And I was pretty young, but I heard that voice, and I wanted to to move to the front to respond to that appeal, but I was shy, I was afraid, and I felt, and I'm not kidding, I felt like somebody came beside me and lifted me up and brought me to the front. And looking back, it was the presence of God, and I think that was 
that point when I made a decision for God and when faith became real for me. And here you are today as a chaplain at Adventist Medical Center. Any family here now that you've been settled in for about a dozen years or so? Any family loved ones out here that stand out in your mind as being especially dear to you? You know, um, several people, um, but um, there was a, uh, there's a woman, um, I can't mention her name right now, but um, I was going through a tough time um, in my journey. And um, one day this woman called me up, not knowing what, what I was going through. And she, um, she called me up and said, I would like to come and talk with you. And I thought she was going through some difficulties in her life, why she want to come and talk with me. And, um, and so she was able to name some of the um, things that I was going through that I could not name. And um, I was going through a difficult marriage at the time. And um, she shared with me what she think was going on in my marriage. And so that woman helped to mold and shape me. And my life has not been the same anymore as a result of hers. What a wonderful way to share about the fact that simply by having conversations yes. and loving on people yeah. and praying for them mm-hmm. and saying that you're there for them, mm-hmm. you can profoundly touch people out there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you do on a regular basis Chaplain Pam Strawn, proud fit of Adventist Medical Center. So we are greatly looking forward to you coming up and speaking at First Friday, coming up on January 5th, alongside the music of Oasis Church of Vancouver. So, Dr. Terry, got about a minute and change on the way out. Anyone you want to send a shout out to or uh, anything you want to share about what's going on in your life? Other than that, I would just love to be able to share in person. And so if you're uh, if a person's just thinking, should I come or not come, come out and be blessed. I would love to be able to meet you one-on-one, be able to shake your hand. And, uh, uh, and I promise you, you will not be the same person you were when you came in there. And, um, and I'll just end with saying this. It's, if you want to make the enemy mad, people come to a hospital when they're sick. But to go to the hospital before you're sick mm-hmm. and to praise and worship God uh, it's just unbelievable. And to have patients uh, come down and doctors and stuff that we're there praising God together. And we just would love you as a community to be part of that. Well, we have the music of Oasis Church. We have a word of encouragement from Chaplain Pam Proudfit and Dr. Terry Johnson of 104.1 The Fish on Thursday mornings will also be there as he serves as Executive Director of Mission Integration for Adventist Medical Center. The address is 10123 Southeast Market Street in Portland, which is just south of Mall 205. And January 5th is the next First Friday featuring Chaplain Pam Strong Private. So, Dr. Terry, Chaplain Pam, thanks so much for coming in and joining us today. Thank you so much for thank, having me. And thank you. All of the information is on our Facebook page and at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Thanks for hanging out with us on Difference Makers. Thank you, James Blind. Thank you, Clark Hilton. Thank you, Dr. Terry. And thank you, Chaplain Pam. And thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.